I am so excited to talk to Mike Ward today because a couple of weeks ago, I mean, you guys just asked so many great questions about whiskey. We thought, well, let's do scotch whiskey, single malt scotch, and not just any, but Mike Ward's personal favorite. How are you? I'm doing great. Isn't this a perfect day for some scotch? Oh, my gosh. I was thinking that same thing, and I... (laughs) Muscled my way through to Deerberg's actually to grab something for lunch because they have so many options, especially uh, during Lent. I was I actually grabbed some of their fresh sushi, but they have everything. And anyway, while I was there, I kind of took a peek through that aisle, and I have so many questions about Scotch and the difference of Scotch whiskey and whiskey. Yeah. What is the difference? Well, you know, I think, first of all, people, even if you drink whiskey, it's some reason when I teach classes on whiskey, people have a, this feeling that scotch is all kind of smoky and, and intense. And, you know, it really, Glenn Fittick, which we're talking about today, the 12 and the 14-year-old, there's no peat involved. And we can talk about what peat is. This is a very smooth whiskey. And you were mention, mentioning in Deerberg's today and sushi, I, I, I think scotch is a really good food pairing style of whiskey. Really? So, oh, yeah. Okay, let's also, why is there an E and then sometimes we talk whiskey and there's not an E? <laughs> I know, isn't that what's, it's so great, isn't it? <laughs> so Irish whiskey typically does not have the E next to the Y and uh and and scotch whiskey uh or what scotch whiskey doesn't and irish whiskey does and i think they just want to differentiate the two uh american whiskey has the e scotch whiskey doesn't so both are acceptable uh spellings of whiskey but it is it is you know connected to the country of origin and the region of origin okay if we took out the region of origin Scotch and whiskey are the same thing or no? Well, scotch is a whiskey. Irish whiskey is whiskey. So is American whiskey. They're all in the whiskey category because they start with grains like malted barley or uh, rice. I mean, uh, uh, corn or um, uh, rye in the U.S. But in Scotland specifically, it's malted barley that's the grain. And so that's what makes it a whiskey versus other spirits that might come from other sugar sources. Okay. What does it mean when we see single malt? So let's just mention the two basic Scotch whiskeys, a blended Scotch whiskey, which is barley and maybe another grain, a grain whiskey. And that would be like Chevis is uh, a, a, uh, a blended scotch whiskey. But what we're talking about today is a single malt. And single malt means, by law in Scotland, that it has to be from a single grain, which is malted barley, and it has to come from a single distillery, like in this case, the Glenfiddich Distillery. All right. Speaking of Glenfiddich, how long have they been around? Well, uh, trace the roots back to uh, William Grant in the late 1800s, 1880s. And this is a time in Scotland where, you know, we probably think scotch is ancient, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, they've been distilling and and making some form of whiskey for a long time. But in the 1800s is when our 
scotch producers that we're familiar with today really started to come around. This is when they started to identify what scotch was, regulate it, and, of course, tax it. And this is where some of the distilleries that we know of started making scotch like we know it today. You know, it has to be aged a little bit longer because of the environment there and that the barrels age in. So when we see age statements like 12, 14, 21 years or whatever, uh, there's a big difference aging scotch versus aging whiskey in the U.S. So, you know, we look at the history and and they're not really uh, uh, it doesn't go back that that long. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it started in the summer of 1886. And is it true? I mean, his kids, seven sons, two daughters right there with him. Yeah, uh, true family uh, business. Uh, you know, back in a time when there was probably a lot of kind of bootleg moonshine whiskey around the countryside, but they really started this as a legitimate business in Speyside and near the Highlands. So the uh, the, the uh, eastern side of the country, well away from the coast. So one of the things that that gets me tied up when we're we're talking about Scotch whiskey, you've got Glenfiddich, which is what we're talking about today. Then you've got Glenlivet, and then you've got Glenmorangi, uh, you got Glengarry, Glen Ross. What are the Glens all about? Lots of Glens, right? Yeah, and it you know if if you, if you really look at the names of the Scotch whiskeys, whether it's some of the Glens which just really kind of goes back to the location, you know. It's not uh, a family name. Is. No, it's not a family name. But we look at the, the location and the water sourcing and the soil composition there, so it's regional. And, you know, some of the names, rarely are the names really family names. They really kind of go back to some kind of historical place and time or, or region. Oh, yeah. So let's kind of separate the two because we're talking Glenfiddich 12-year single malt. And that one is at just about every uh, Deerberg's Bob's Barns, isn't it? Yeah, I was out uh, this week kind of making sure that what we were talking about today is in the stores. The 12-year-old, which is like the signature, is available everywhere. And really that 14-year-old is as well. There's a couple of stores that have the 15-year-old, which is really interesting. And the big difference between the 12-year signature and the 14-year is a little bit of price, yes, but also the fact that the 14-year spends some time in new charred American oak barrels. And that's really what kind of separates the flavor profile of those two whiskeys. For something that is is so uh, Scottish, I mean, it's even in the name Scotch. I'm surprised that they use bourbon barrels with American oak. I mean, you know, back in 1886, they probably weren't using American oak. No, they weren't. Uh, it maybe if they could get their hands on it, but they probably weren't using American oak. You know, into the 1900s. But this is the new renaissance of Scotch whiskey, where they not only are using American oak and new American oak, like ex-bourbon barrels, but also barrels from sherry. That it has a lot more history to it, and and we probably would trace Scotch producers using sherry barrels, partnering with the folks making sherry in southern Spain to finish their their whiskeys and providing all those 
unique and different flavors that, that it would get from the sherry that was in that barrel. All right. More on scotch whiskey, single malt scotch, after we check back in with Captain Paul Kofsky because it has just been nasty out there today. Heidi, right now the interstates are mainly wet, and we just have the usual slowdowns. The roads on the side remain an issue, especially in the city. We had reports of a one-vehicle crash on southbound 170 at Airport Road, but that appears to be cleared. But watch out for lots of stalled vehicles. There's one on 255 East past Lee May Ferry, on 44 West before Antire, on 270 South at Gravoy. Stalled cars on 270 South past 44, on 70 West past 79, and on westbound 255 at Telegraph. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS. We're chatting with Mike Ward today about Glenn Fittick and the, specifically the 12-year and the 14-year, which you can find at uh, most Bob's Barns, which is inside Deerberg's. But you said that this is your favorite. What do you like about it? Well, I, I like scotch, and I like single malts, and I like trying different different scotches, you know, going through all the glens that we were just talking about. You know, the scotch is from a place called Isla, if you've ever heard of Isla. It's a little island over to the, the, the coastal side of Scotland. Those are heavily peated scotches. And as it ages there, they, uh, they get all that sea air and sort of that salty kind of briny and, and medicinal almost aroma from uh, the aging environment and the peat. I like those. But those are a lot harder to drink, and they're not for beginners. Mm. I really like Highlands and Speyside whiskeys like Glenfiddich because they're smooth, they're approachable. You can just pour a little, like uh, what the Scottish say, a wee dram and have a a nice little sip and uh, maybe pair it with food, and they're a lot uh, smoother and easier to drink. Well, are there any Scotch cocktails? Do you make anything? Or Scotch is just meant to be sipped, you know, neat or over maybe a, a ice cube and just pour like a tire bottle of mountain dew in there no oh. i'm kidding of course yeah. no i'm joking uh really you can replace you know anything uh that you would have whiskey with if you like manhattans or old fashions please don't put the mountain dew in my uh <laughs> my single malt scotch you know, it's kind of, you say, oh, it's it's by itself. You can add a little ice to it, maybe if you want, or a little water. Um, but you can use it as a replacement for um, any cocktail that calls for whiskey, and it's going to bring in a little bit of a different flavor. Now, those scotches that are heavily peated, maybe not the best for cocktails. Those are really, and this is my opinion, but I, I will tell you one uh i did have a single malt scotch many years ago i was in a seminar and it was made it was a peated scotch and was made into a bloody mary and it was amazing you don't think about bloody marys with scotch but you know they're it's pretty versatile and you can do a lot of different things with it so when we say peated what exactly does that mean peat is in the ground and it's been growing or developing underground for thousands of years, it's used in Scotland, actually, historically as a heating source. And they'll dig it out of the ground, and when the grains are soaked, the barley is soaked and it starts to germinate, they have to dry it. And they'll use the peat as a heating source to smoke and dry the grains 
so that they can stop the germination process. And that's what really, you know, that's when the grains get um, get that nice kind of peaty, smoky smell to it. If you don't use peat and you dry the grains traditionally as we d- would anywhere else in the world, you're not going to have those same effects. And when people say they can, you know, it is peaty or I don't like that, what is the flavor? What's the profile of that that they're getting? Well, just think of smoke, okay. you know, smokiness. And also to me, you know, a little bit of brine or saltiness and almost a little kind of medicinal smell too. Uh, and I don't want to, I want to be really careful because I'd love if people tried it. But if you're going to, you know, try it first time ever, usually people have to acquire a taste for it. Mm-hmm. Glenfiddich is a beautiful, like smooth whiskey that doesn't have that smokiness. And and it's a great, like, I wouldn't say beginner's whiskey, but if you're coming off of you only drink bourbon or rye from the U.S. and you want to try a scotch, this is a great one to try. Okay, speaking of, if that is where we are and we've had uh, bourbons, is scotch considered, as they say, to put a little more hair on your chest? Is it a little uh, I tougher? Well, I think... Because it's going to be a little bit lower proof, lower alcohol. It's going to be usually about 40% alcohol, 80 proof. And it's not going to have the sweetness that corn would bring to like a bourbon. Um, I would compare them in a lot of ways as smoother and a little bit easier to drink. uh, And, you know, drier, spicier and not sweet like a a, a bourbon that has the, the required amount of corn would have to it. Okay, I think sense. i got to try a little more scotch. Mike, you know me, and, and I love uh, to know the history about what I'm drinking. Glenfiddich is uh, Scottish for Valley of the Deer. Yeah. Uh, that Glen means valley. Uh, Glenlivet means Valley of Livet, which is a river that runs in Scotland. And Glenmorangie means Valley of Tranquility. So, And it's, and it's actually uh, Morangie. That's Morangy. how they, they yeah, uh, Glen Morangy. But the Glen part, you know, referring to the place and the water sourcing, that all really re- reflects back on the finished product uh, um, scotch and provides its its complexity and its aromas. And also in that valley, you're also going to be aging the barrels there. So the effects from the environment, uh, you know, whether it's cooler or warmer, uh, that's also going to have a brand recognition uh, uh, effects on the scotch. Well, a couple people weighing in. Uh, our friend Ed said he attended a Whiskey and Wisdom Wednesday night at his congregation, Whiskey Fellowship and Tour Study, which sounds cool. And then somebody else said they did a yeah. scotch tasting at Royal Lochnogger Distillery. Is that how I say that? Uh, and the scotch was yeah. amazing. Oh, well, that's good to hear. Thanks for the comments. And uh, I think, you know, whiskey can bring wisdom. Uh, and uh, I think that's a a perfect theme. Yeah, I do too. Well, Mike Ward, it's always so much fun chatting with you, and if somebody has a question about whiskey or scotch or wine or beer and they uh, don't want to wait until next Friday, how can they get a hold of you? Mike at wardonwine.com. I love the questions. Keep them coming, and if you're looking for these whiskeys, uh, and want to, you know, find a certain location of uh, Bob's Barn, Deerberg's near you, just send me an email. I'll help you find it.